Welcome to the CPA Success Podcast, helping you be more successful at work and in your life. We profile topics and speakers that are influential in your world. Here are your hosts, Jen Nicholson and Blair Cook. Welcome back to the CPA Success Podcast. I'm Jen Nicholson. And I'm Blair Cook. And today we have with us Alana Stern, who is an HR business partner at Max People Perform. Alana provides small and medium-sized organizations with a full range of recommendations and support on all aspects of human resources. And in this podcast, we talk to Alana about current workplace trends across the people, technology, and processes of all of our organizations. Let's listen in. We're back with Alana Stern with Max People as an HR consultant. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. And today we're going to talk about workplace trends. And we're really going to try to, uh, I guess, frame our discussion around three themes. We're going to look at the people aspects of workplace trends, the technology workplace trends, and the process workplace trends. Mm -hmm. And so starting with this people aspect, what are some of the workplace trends that you're seeing? So under people, we're really starting to see three main trends. The first being the blended workforce. And the blended workforce is really relating to these millennials coming into companies and also having the older generation workers. So a huge age gap between the millennials and the older generation. As well, we're now looking at organizations where there's no longer one type of employee. So before, 20 years ago, all employees in the organization, all their employment contracts look the same. You want to work there, you're a full-time employee, that's it. But now we have freelancers, we have contractors, we have part-time employees, we have full-time employees, we have flexible work arrangements. So this blended workforce is really talking about the millennials, the older generation, everything in between, and the types of employees that employers are now seeing and the challenges that those pose in organizations. So when I go into my clients, it's really conversations about things like so-and-so is going to be heading to retirement. How do we keep that institutional knowledge from them and transfer it to the younger generation? So those are some of the challenges that we have under the blended workforce. Then we talk a lot about health and wellness. So work-life balance has been something that's been around for a really long time. But what's becoming very prevalent now is mental health issues. So mental health issues in the workplace are on the rise. We see a lot of things like depression and anxiety being prevalent amongst employees. And what's happening is that translates into increased benefit costs because now those employees are going and getting prescriptions for anti-anxiety meds, depression medication, and it's really rising the costs of benefits in, in workplaces. So Is the root cause of that driven by this blended workforce thing you just talked about? No, no. I just think that people are, it's, it's everything. It's, it's the added pressures of, you know, it being now these days, everyone has a lot of pressure and stress between work and family and juggling everything. And people are now safeguarding their mental health a lot more than they were before. It's just becoming a lot more prevalent. And so it's driving up the benefit costs. Absolutely. So we're seeing symptoms of it. Absolutely, we are. And it's it's really the employer's responsibility to be monitoring these things. It's no longer a time where, you know, someone comes up and complains that they're stressed and the employer can just say, just deal with it, you know, move along. It's not like that anymore. You can't just tell employees to deal with it. We are we are taking care of them. We're worrying about them. We're supporting them. We're making sure that they aren't burnt out. We're making sure that they're taking their vacation when instead of not taking their vacation through the year. So things like that to ensure that we have a really great 
health and wellness component to our workplaces. Okay, so what other sorts of uh, workplace trends are you seeing? So the last one under people really relates to improving the employee experience. So we want to have happy, engaged, motivated employees. Because when you have happy, engaged, and motivated employees, you're going to see your business results be driving up. So if you want to see results and get ROI from your people, they need to be engaged, happy, and there needs to be a fantastic workplace culture. So everyone always says to me, what's culture? Culture is one of those things that when you, you're at a cocktail party, someone says to you, what's it like to work there? And they come back and say, oh, it's really busy. It's stressful. Or it's innovative. It's fun. It's dynamic. It's team-based. It's pressure. That's culture. So you work with a variety of different companies. Correct. So what are some of the uh, techniques or some of the um, uh, go-to engagement things that you do? Right. So these are rewards and recognitions programs. So I always tell people, you don't have to spend a lot of money on rewards and recognition. It's about telling your people that they're doing a good job, giving them a pat on the back, giving them a public recognition in front of the team. Job well done. Here's an award for something or a $5 Tim's card. Those small things really go a long way. You want to have an engaged workforce. Well, are you measuring the engagement in the workforce? So we're doing engagement surveys. So we go and ask all these questions. A famous one is the Gallup organization puts out 12 questions that measures employee engagement. So when you do that, you get the results back. That's when, as leaders, you can develop a plan and then execute based on all the gaps that we find in the engagement survey. And then the employees think, hmm, they asked me for my opinion and they're actually doing something about it. That drives engagement. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Yes. So some really good ideas there Mm -hmm. in terms of gauging engagement. Yes. (laughs) Let's move over to technology. What are some of the workplace trends you're seeing in the technology aspects of organizations? Right. So in technology, where we're really heading is a the mobile workforce. So no longer are the days where every employee is required to come into your office from nine to five. Technology now allows us to be creative and be remote. So I can sit at my home office and log into my cloud-based system where all my files are there. I'm able to collaborate with my team electronically through video chat, Skype, instant messaging to ensure that we're all connected. So it's very different than the mentality of having to sit in your cubicle from nine to five because now technology actually has advances that allow you to work remotely. So that's a huge trend that we're seeing in workplaces and actually employers are struggling with it because the old timers really want to see your face. Mm. And when I when I challenge them on that and say, well, why do you actually need to see their face? They say, well, you know, how do I know that the employees at work are at home are working? How do I know that they're they're delivering output? And I say, well, you're going to know that based on whether the work is getting done or not. So it's about get, taking that leap of faith and giving people the opportunity but ensuring that your organization is also up to date on technology that allows employees to be provided the right tools to get their job done effectively. You know, I've got a, an interesting, I, I have a question for an HR professional such sure. as yourself around the work-life uh, balance uh, and the impact that technology is having. You know, for years and years, I thought <clears throat> having smartphones mm-hmm. and this ability to work remotely, you know, that helps with work-life balance. But getting back to what you talked about earlier, that our employees are, mm-hmm. you know, have stress mm-hmm. and pressures on them. What, from, an, from a professional HR perspective, is all this enablement of technology that allows us to be always working, is yes. that a good thing for the well, workplace yes. or a bad thing? So that's actually a very, very interesting point. And we, and we handle that all. And I struggle with that myself. So certainly I'm constantly checking my iPhone and I'm checking my email and I'm always looking at new things come in in the evenings when I'm at home. 
And it's really all about balance for yourself. I think it's really great to have the ability to look at something and respond when you need to. But at the same time, all this other stuff comes in in the evenings and I'm not necessarily responding. So I think it's really about a judgment call and ensuring that you are taking a break, right? We don't want to be looking at our phones 24 hours a day. We're not working 24 hours a day. And that's not the expectation. I think it's very important for employers from the top down to let their employees know the expectation is that you're not working at night. Well, and that's the tricky part. Because right. As soon as you start replying to an email on a weekend or an evening, right. suddenly you get, a, you, get, you get a response back from your right. boss or your bosses and suddenly right. you're available 24-7. Well, that's I, I struggle with that as a consultant as well. It's a very fine line between being available to my clients when they need me and being over-responsive. So you, you want to make sure that if it's 10 o'clock at night and your client is emailing you, unless it's really important, you're not responding because then you're setting that expectation. So it's all about managing expectations and it's all about your employer letting you know their expectation in having work-life balance and not, you know, having a life outside of work. That's yeah. really what it's about. So anything else? So we've really talked about this this mobile technology trend. Yep. Any other aspects to that trend of technology that are really impacting the workplace? Right. So some of the things that are happening are, for example, ERP systems are now moving towards a cloud-based model where um, different departments can now share and have access to the same data. Whereas years ago, different departments couldn't see each other's financials or different departments couldn't see each other's information because of the platform of the ERP systems. But now that it's moving towards web based, there's really this ability for everyone to have access to data all the time. So things in the cloud are really becoming a huge trend these days. And changing the workplace. And changing the way that we work and the workplace. Absolutely. Okay. And so let's move on to the third theme now around processes around our organizations. And what impact are the processes having on our uh, workplace? Right. So in regards to processes, one of the things that's on the rise is this concept of performance reviews. And I'm sure everyone has seen articles and it's been out there that people should just abolish performance reviews these days. They don't motivate employees. They're not helpful. They're cumbersome. No one looks forward to them. Managers don't want to do them. Employees don't want to sit through them. But actually, what what all that means is that we really should be moving towards a culture of continuous feedback and performance management. What that means is managers need to be constantly giving feedback to their employees on a daily or weekly or monthly basis. We're not waiting until the six-month performance review or the annual review to let someone know how they're doing. Employees, in order to be motivated, need to get feedback. They want to be told, job well done. You did great on that project last week, or that proposal you wrote was excellent. They want to hear when they're doing something well, but they are also craving constructive feedback. Employers are always so scared to give their employees negative or constructive feedback because they're afraid that they're going to hurt their feelings. But really, the reality is employees want to know where they can improve so that they can do better for your organization. They want that feedback. That's that's what I'm getting from staff that I work with. They really want that, that continuous feedback. So instead of making these performance reviews a really cumbersome, horrible process, it should be so easy after a culture of continuous feedback through the year to then sit down at your annual review and there be no surprises. And how do you capture that from an HR perspective? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you capture all these conversations that are continually going on? Is mm-hmm. there a technology solution? Yeah, so what I, paper? it's very easy, actually. I tell my clients, they're like, well, how am I going to figure this out? And I say it's really as easy as keeping an Excel spreadsheet or a log on your computer of all the amazing things your people did and some things that they didn't do so well. And talking to them about it. Have the conversation now. 
Don't watch someone do something amazing and wait three weeks to tell them about it. Have the conversations now, and that way you're not having to remember and keep track of it. So then when you're sitting at the table at the annual review, it's about really saying, how are we going to take you to the next level? It's a more strategic conversation as opposed to going through the nitty-gritty details of what they may have done well and not well. Like we're trying to walk away from it being a cumbersome process. That's sort of the biggest trend in relating to to processes is about performance management. Yeah, and you really talked about it being part of this continuous improvement, mm-hmm. the organization getting stronger. Mm-hmm. And really, I guess ultimately, are we not fostering kind of a learning a learning culture? Absolutely. We are fostering a learning culture, learning and development. That is something that we um, as a company focus on enormously with our clients. We walk in and I often see managers who don't know how to be managers, who are promoted for technical ability, but really don't know how to manage people. So fostering an environment of continuous learning, growth, and development is really important to retain your people. Because if they see that you're investing in them, they're going to be more motivated, they're going to be happy, and they're going to stay with your organization. They're going to work harder for you when they see that you're investing in them. So I think that continuous feedback, learning, training, investing in them is so important to ensure that they stay. The retention will be much higher. Now, we've talked about it several times so far. It's really around this uh, multi-generational or intergenerational workforce <clears throat> that we have. And so everything that we've talked about from the performance reviews to the you know the mobile mm-hmm. aspects to the engagement... Mm-hmm. How does that, how do we, you can't have a one size fits all kind of approach. I'm sure you'd have to have some sort of situational individual, like and you'll treat the, the millennials different than the, the Absolutely. generation Y. So and- both the millennials and the generation, the older generation, they all want to be rewarded and recognized differently. They all want different things. The millennials may come in and say, I want to work from home or have a flex work schedule. That will make me happy. The older generation will say, I'm, I really want a big bonus. That's what's going to motivate me. So whereas money may be a motivator for the older generation because they're looking towards retirement and savings, the younger generation, they want to be the next CEO in five minutes. They want to be invested in. They want to be learning and growing and doing. And so these people are motivated differently and rewarded and recognized differently than different generations. So you absolutely have to tailor your rewards and recognition programs to the appropriate generation. It's very important that there is no cookie cutter approach. Don't get me wrong. Everyone loves to be recognized. Everyone loves to be told good job. But when it comes to actually intrinsic and other rewards, it's going to be different for each generation. Absolutely. And so for a lot of uh, leaders out there, executives Mm -hmm. and and, and middle managers, Mm -hmm. you know, who are of the older generation right now in the middle of their careers or perhaps late in their careers, I mean... There's got to be a challenge with kind of letting go and letting letting all these workforce trends that we've just talked about uh, happen. Yeah. yeah happen. So it's it's people often are saying, I'm not ready to have people work from home. I don't trust that they're going to get the job done. So it's really about a mind shift for employers and knowing that if you aren't going to get on board with these workplace trends, then you will start losing your people. If you want to be retaining your people who are going to be happy, engaged, and motivated, you're going to have to get on the bandwagon with technology and your processes, ensure that you are covered legally by doing employment agreements, conducting investigations when you need to do those things, protect yourself and your employees. So it's very important that you're aware as a leader that you, you know, everything, the way you've been doing business for the last 10 years is changing. And if you're going to be competitive and attract top talent, then you really need to get on board and turn your mind to the idea that 
things may change, things may be different. And you might think that you're losing control over your people. What you're actually doing is motivating, empowering, and getting them to work harder for you. Excellent. I think that's a really great way to end this uh, podcast. And thank you so much, uh, Alana, for uh, spending some time with us today. You're so welcome. It's a pleasure. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the CPA Success Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the Chartered Professional Accountants of Canada. Visit www.cpacanada forward slash podcast 